0: Joe's 47598 fan, Ben and his friend Gunning, leaves Flames tonight. Flames going through their own things right now. Boy, are they just in Canada, not, not great right now. It's not, unless you live in Vancouver, yeah. It's pretty great in Vancouver right now. Warm, I imagine, not snowing. I mean, not snowing here. I don't yet, know if but... it's warm, but well, it's no, like warmer. warmer. It's all that matters to me. If you, I, I suppose. Yeah, I, but, like, I don't need it to be 22. I can just deal with 11. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Not, not that here right now. All right. Uh, but, yeah, things are the, very cheery in Vancouver. The other Canadian markets, not so much. In yep. Edmonton, they're going to fire the head coach today, maybe? Uh, the assistant, at the very least, seems <laughs> to think so. In Calgary, they lost to Edmonton. Oh, okay. At the, Oh, at their spectacle game. Right, right. Yeah, that was a pretty significant victory, and uh, you thought maybe a turning point for the Oilers. turned out not to be that they would lose to one of the shortlist teams of like the worst teams in the history of the national hockey league, the San Jose sharks are now tied on points with them, but the flames are going through their own things. They lose that game. There's a team that missed the playoffs a year ago. Mm -hmm. They got their big ticket player being benched in the third period. Uh, They come to Toronto to play a Leafs team in its own crisis. They came back against the Tampa Bay lightning on Monday and then reverted to form mm-hmm. on Wednesday against the Ottawa Senators. And it's a porous defense that is the the key yes. uh, cause for concern. Uh, again, John Klingberg likely to be at the very best. A seventh defenseman tonight, maybe uh, in the press box entirely. But the Leafs have tonight's game against the Flames. And then they get that aforementioned Vancouver Canucks mm-hmm. team tomorrow on the back end of back-to-backs. And then they wave goodbye for a week. You won't see him. Like, I hope you enjoyed your weekday yeah, Toronto Maple Leafs action because it's over. You, you don't see him over the course of the upcoming week as they go to Sweden. Yeah. And then you get a Friday, Sunday Sweden game. And then you get another almost entire week off. So it's four games here, Brent, mm-hmm. over the span of 14 days. Yeah. Is that a good thing for this team that's in turmoil right now? No, flat out. No, I don't, I'm not saying you want to have a game. I'm not saying you want to have a run where you're going every other day, or it's like you have one of these three game weeks back to anything like that. I, I don't know that the team needs that, but if this is a bad weekend, the idea of it, I, you know, I can already see the flip side argument. Oh, what are you talking about? It's not going to fester. They're going to get a go away and go to Sweden, and it's going to be a fun trip and a reset, and then they should have, you know, at least one gettable team in the wild. They've already beat this year in the wings, but I, I think it's a bad time. You want to try to get some semblance of momentum. The thing I would feel differently about this is if I thought it wasn't as much of a personnel issue. If I thought it was just more of a of vibes or the team needed more time to work on things then you could say all right the the time off is a good thing but I think this team just needs to get playing good hockey and the only way to do that is to play games like we could possibly and I don't think this is going to happen but we could be staring down the barrel Mm -hmm. of a five game three week long losing streak where not a single positive thing happens and again I know the 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 propaganda from this Sweden trip is going to be off the rails. It's going to be amazing, and Sundine's going to be there, and it's going to be wonderful. So it won't be all doom and gloom around the actual team. But to not win a hockey game for two and a half, three weeks time—well, that's the yeah, okay. Obviously, if they lose all the games, it's not good. Well, <laughs> why is that? Why is that completely out of the realm of it's possibility? Not out given of the what realm of seen? possibility. Okay, no, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Okay, Certainly, so, well, I'll put it back to you. Good or bad? What do you think? I think if you're dealing with injuries of any significance, which the Maple Leafs are, and and maybe Jake McCabe is healthy enough to play in tonight's game. And, and I guess he's the only one. Yeah, Although Tyler like, Bertuzzi, I don't know. I'm not 100% no, a hundred percent convinced that he's a so no per- okay. hundred. That's how that works. But <laughs> it, it feels like Jake McCabe has like this outsized importance for a team. That's just looking for somebody not named John Klingberg to very, patrol the blue line. Very fair. For that reason alone. Yeah. It's a good thing. What it does, though, is it puts ginormous importance on tonight's game, on tomorrow's game. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, if you lose both of those games, you are looking at losing, what, uh, I guess seven of their last eight? Mm -hmm. Going away for a week to Sweden? That's a, boy, nature abhors a vacuum. Okay, but like even if they win tonight and lose tomorrow, it's not like... It's not that much better. They clip one off tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's the expected result, though, right? Like, I I think it depends on how it looks, right? For sure. If you you look like you're somewhat capable defensively tonight without John Klingberg, and then you can point to one guy Mm -hmm. and say that he's the sole reason why we've allowed the most goals in the Eastern Conference, I think that's a a much easier narrative to sell over this two-week span. But if you win these two games and you go away, and it is those co- positive stories coming out of Sweden and Matt Sundin glad-handing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can talk about, yeah, you diagnosing the problem correctly and Jake McCabe gets a, a prolonged amount of time to get back to full health. And Connor Timmins who's apparently going on this trip, yep. as Luke Fox alerted us to. Like, to me, that's a, that's a pretty great thing. Now, it, again, it puts added importance on these two games back-to-back against your national opponents. Yeah, it does. I, uh, I, it, I, guess the, I guess the answer we settled on there is if they win, it's a great time. And if mm. they lose, couldn't be worse. Yeah. Uh, losing would, uh, you know, leave us a lot of time to talk about what could happen to this team in the coming weeks, uh, including the head coach. Just All for right. my mental health, please don't lose both. I cannot do a week of shows coming off that please. <laughs> this insider is brought to you by Don Valley, North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and, and in the showroom, visit donvalleynorthlexus.com. dot com. Today's insider, Josh Cloak of the Athletic. How's it going, Josh?
1: Good. Looking forward to Sweden. Uh, what kind of pizza do you think they're going to have in Sweden? That's what I'm already thinking
0: about. <laughs> I imagine going to Sweden and ordering pizza. I, but, uh, but that being said, like I can't like other than meatballs. Like what? Uh, what else do you eat? That's in, the delicacy in I immediately Sweden, go to Sweden. Yeah, like There's, and berries. Are they doing reindeer up there? I don't oh, know. Yeah, maybe. No.
1: I, I've had reindeer in Finland, Same. and uh, it was pretty good. I'd be willing to to go in again, um, but but you know, <laughs> my curiosity is also like where what, what you know is it going to be reindeer pepperoni? Right? These are the these are the questions I really have to ask over the next week.
0: Dude, uh, you know what? You bring up the okay, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about what you're going to eat in Sweden, but also what we were talking about earlier. Not just the fact that the Leafs are only going to play four games over the course of two weeks, but. When do they actually depart for Sweden? Like how much of an acclimatization period will they have? Do you have any idea how long they will be there outside of the games that happen a week from today and Sunday?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think this is going to present more of kind of a physical toll on players, you know, than we anticipate. I think um, they're leaving on Monday. Um, Most of us in the media corps are leaving on Monday and they're flying overnight uh, and then they're going to have practice Tuesday and Wednesday um and so you you're gonna get three, four days to acclimatize and then on the back end, you're gonna get um three or four days off as well. So, you know, this isn't necessarily a get in, get out kind of thing. I, I think, you know, the league was very aware of the fact that you know traveling, you know, throughout time zones, traveling to a different continent can be tough on bodies. So it's it's um but as you said, it certainly leaves a lot of time you know in between games to talk about the result which could be a really
0: good or a really really bad thing for this team right now. Yeah, I for one am happy you pointed out the toll that it would take on the team because nah, I don't uh, know who would think this, but devastating maybe, maybe, maybe on my an co-host plane in first class. Yeah, I know, maybe my co-host hours. was underpinning what this could do. But okay, we're you know, like this is kind of the crux of the issue. Is this a good time Or a bad time, because I can sit here and flip a coin and make either argument if you want me to. But I I don't know, because on one hand, you could say, look, it's just it is loud. It is noisy. Get away from it all. Perfect time. But if they drop, I mean, forget both, even if they drop one of these games and they head into they head into the Sweden trip off a loss to Vancouver, you know, is is this the time for the team to not get on a run of playing games? Like, what do you see it as a good time or a bad time for the trip?
1: Well, it was kind of proposed to me by someone um, you know, close to the team yesterday that it might not be the worst time for them to get out of Dodge. But, I mean, my retort was, is this team ever able to actually get out of Dodge? I mean, there is a huge media contingent following them. Never mind the massive Swedish media contingent that's going to be there waiting for them and waiting to talk to you know, certain Swedish players like John Klingberg. Right, like if we think John Klingberg (laughs) is kind of under a microscope right now, what's going to happen in a week or so, less than a week, when he's you know conceivably one of the stars of the show? So I I don't know. I don't know if there's ever a good time, you know, for the Leafs to kind of get out of town. I I, I suppose it it could be good for them to get away and and spend some time. Just kind of, I don't know if relaxing is the right word, but you know, you're going to just take your foot off the gas a little bit. You know, you're going to have a few of the Swedes who are going to be playing host to some pretty cool team events, as I understand. Um, and, you know, I know this is tough to quantify, but I think for this team right now, the thing that I've noticed is it just feels like, a, you know, a big box of puzzle pieces that hasn't been put together yet. And I don't know if it does fit together perfectly, but I just think over the last few years, there was this great you know sense of team harmony within the team and i think some of the kind of secondary pieces were were really great role players and you know good people that fit in the team really well and I, that's not to say that some of the people some of the new additions are not good people i guess what i'm saying is they they really haven't fit in and gelled as a team as a unit off the ice yet i really really get that sense um so perhaps this is a good time for them to go you know, eat reindeer and, you know, just feel a little bit more relaxed around each other as people because it's October, which means it's tense to be a leaf right now. And so maybe come November you you get away from it all and you start to feel a little bit more harmony as
0: a team that's my theory at least do we know and I want to talk about the team I don't want to get bogged down on on the trips all ended and that part of it on this but do we know like I imagine the Leafs would have pushed for this this would have been something they have interesting because just quickly looking at the teams that are over there I mean you know the Sens and Red Wings and Wild weren't necessarily throwing in the towel on the season but they have slightly different cup expectations or projections than than the Leafs like it just seems like a team in this window and you know I know other other teams have gone over I feel like The Avalanche have played international games, but it's a little odd to me that a team in this kind of window, it's such an important year. Like this isn't a year. It's another one of these these ever-precious core four years. Like, are you a little surprised the Leafs pushed for it? And maybe they didn't. Maybe the league kind of forced their hand. I'm not sure if you have insight on that, but it seems like a little bit of a curious time in their window for the Leafs to want to do this because we 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 can talk around it all we want, but this isn't going to be anything other than a massive interruption and distraction in the middle of their season.
1: Yeah, you can't see me right now, um, which is good for you. But like, I, I'm I'm wincing, I'm I'm grimacing because I don't know if Sheldon Keefe, you know, loves the idea of of, of this <laughs> schedule, the condensed schedule. Um, I think if there wasn't a massive Swedish star on this team, that at least probably wouldn't be going on this trip. I don't know if they pushed for it. Is what I'm trying to say I think mm. when you look at when the NHL designs global series and and they pick the teams that go they're obviously not going to send a team without marketable Swedish stars um, and I it probably would have been even better last year when the Swedish Mafia was was really thriving on this team with any yeah. and Sandine. and they certainly have Swedes now I, I mean William Lageson is a nice little story he gets to go back to to Sweden I don't think anyone saw this coming a few weeks ago but, no, I think if William Nylander is not on this team, I don't know um, if I'm going to get to try, you know, meatballs in a week. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting, too. Like, this is such a – and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Sweden over the next week. But this is such a uh, an incredible opportunity for – for William Nylander himself, I've been talking to, you know, people in Sweden, journalists, coaches, players in Sweden over the past few weeks, and a lot of people are looking at this as an opportunity for Nylander to really step into that real kind of star spectrum that maybe just the likes of, of Eric Carlson and Pettersson, you know, those are the two players that I think are, are really, really revered in Sweden right now, and I, everybody I talk to says William Nylander is right there winning in Toronto, coming to Sweden, that could really push him over the top. Um so it'll be fascinating to see how he kind of deals with that because we know that dealing with the media is probably not on his high on his list of favorite things to do, right?
0: Yeah, and he's gonna be busy, you know, being a big factor on the this Leafs team that's gonna have to try and outscore everybody. Uh John Klingberg's gonna have it seems a lot more uh time on his hands to to host people. I mean, maybe he's gonna play as the seventh defenseman. Maybe he's gonna be in the press box, um, I, I think for the other additions, I mean, maybe just Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi, despite various slow starts for those guys, you could look at the previous track record and say, well, okay, they're, they're going to be better than this, and you can project them to be better. For John Klingberg, like this is not unexpected what we've seen. Maybe this is the extreme end of it, but it's it's easy to see, Josh, despite it only being 13 games, that this is never going to get any better for him.
1: Probably not. Right. And, 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 and not because, you know, of an injury, just because, you know, it's a little bit, I think of father time and a little bit of this is who he is. Right. And I think if you're a Leafs fan and you're watching him, that's what probably makes you so frustrated, right. Is, is the, the John Klingberg, you know, that was a Norris trophy, you know, guy in the Norris trophy conversation. That's a long time ago. Right. And, and playing defense is just something that he just seems um, not wired to do right now? Does he want to? I, I, I'm sure. But you play for long enough as a player and improvement or changes, massive changes to your game, they get harder and harder to do the older and older you get, right? So if you're asking John Klinkberg to become someone he's not at this stage in his career, like well, what chance do you really have of that happening, right? This isn't a development project like Connor Timmons where you're mm-hmm. trying to mold him into something, Right. This isn't Timothy Lilligren, who it's pretty remarkable. Again, you know, we're talking about Swedes. Um, It's pretty remarkable how different the conversation is around Timothy Lilligren in like what a year and a half, where it's like, oh, I don't know what Timothy Lilligren is going to be. Is he a trade chip? What should we do with him? To wow, Timothy Lilligren is out of the lineup and this team is hurting defensively. Um, and, And I guess what I'm saying is. No, for John Klingberg, I I don't know if we're going to expect things to get any better. I think it's on Sheldon Keefe now to figure out how do we kind of squeeze the most juice out of this kind of older orange that's been sitting around for a while and may have some value, but you just got to figure out how to use it right. Because top four minutes playing against the opposition's best players, it's proven that that's that's a recipe for failure right now. Um, And that's disappointing. I'm sure that's disappointing for for John Klingberg. There is a human element to this because I'm sure he wanted to come to Toronto as so many players that come to Toronto do, they want to, you know, revive their career in the spotlight but the opposite has happened, right?
0: Yeah, so you mentioned the human element, and that's the thing I'm actually most curious about, but it's not so much with Klingberg, it's with the guy who signed him. I mean, Reeves and Klingberg were the first additions made by Brad for living as, as Leafs GM. You know, he made some draft picks, but in terms of signing players, those were the first pieces of business he did. And, you know, I think people have, you've seen it all, the wondering of, okay, if you just make those guys disappear, what could you have done with that money? And I'm not even talking about all of it, I'm just talking about if it's uh, you know if you 're able to bury the one and a half or one like you can with Reeves, what do you think Trelliving's you know capacity is or or desire? to kind of make that mistake disappear? And how patient do you think he'll be? Because, you know, they, they well, Reeves is a different story, but with Klingberg, it's a one-year deal. Like, it, it, this is a one-year problem if it continues to look like this. But do you think Trilliving will, how patient will he be? Or do you think he'll maybe try to go the Kyle Dubas route and, and make his off-season acquisition disappear like he had to do with Nick Ritchie?
1: Yeah, so there's two things, uh, two schools of thought kind of at play here. Brad Tree Living has never been shy to make a big move, right? And and I think there are some prospects, you know, in the Leaf system right now that you could probably attach to a John Klingberg trade and, and find a, a trade partner, right? So, you know, I, I think about that. I think about Trey Living, how... You know, this is a guy that's always in on everything, that loves working the phones. Um, you know, there's been rumors about, you know, him being in on Zadorov and and Kristanov, and that makes a lot of sense given the connections. Um, so there's that, right? I, I don't think Brad Tree Living is going to wait. I think he came into this season. I mean, I'm, I'm quite clear. I, he came into this season, and he wanted to upgrade the defense. He wasn't happy with the defense on opening night. Right. We know that. So I don't think he's going to wait, but the flip side of that is he's not dealing from a position of strength right now. Right. Like what, what can he do? Like you're, you're, you're picking up the phone you're calling the other GMs and you're saying John Klingberg and people know that call is coming. And when people know that call is coming, it's a lot harder to, you know, get the best value. Is it just about dumping the player and clearing cap space? Well, then you might have to give up a you know a better prospect than you think, it's a better prospect than maybe some Lease fans want. Um, is that a price you're willing to pay right now? If you feel, you know, Connor Timmins is ready to step in, if you feel Jake McCabe is ready to, to turn things around, or do you make a big swing, you know, in the season? If you're going to do that, if you're going to make the big swing. You have to do it sooner rather than later because we have seen time and time again, when players get acquired by Toronto at the deadline, it takes them time to adjust, right? The list of players that the Leafs have acquired at the trade deadline. And then you're like, oh, I don't know if this player is going to fit or not. Right. Nick Felino is one that you're like, the adjustment time at the trade deadline has to be quick. So if you can mitigate that adjustment time or, or just mitigate how stressful it can be for a player by acquiring him in November, for example, and then go from there, like, that, that probably betters your chances. But again, you're also calling 31 of your colleagues and saying John Klingberg, and it's, that's going to be a tough conversation,
0: will it not? I think it just sounds like, Click. I yeah. think that's it. Maybe they they don't have the the NHL package. Maybe they haven't haven't watched John Klingberg for the last three years. True Living should just be taking all of the articles the Swedish media is going to write, <laughs> Bigging them up, and say, "Look at this! Look at what they think of him over there." Uh, speaking of which, they, they've got mountains, obviously, in Scandinavia and Sweden. You were the guy to alert us to the fact that Joseph Wall was walking through the Alps. <laughs> that that I mean, uh, yeah. Um, we, Brent continues to bring it up that whenever he struggles, he's going to bring up the fact that the, this offseason he was spending time in the mountains instead of craft, <laughs> working on his craft. And It's easy to talk about uh, after his worst game as, as a Toronto Maple Leaf um, on Wednesday, but uh, I think he's being treated as the number one goaltender as he's getting the start in the first half of this back-to-back here. Josh, just frankly, is is he ready to be the number one for a team with playoff aspirations with, I, I know it's crazy to say, considering the way they played defensively, still Stanley cup aspirations. Is he ready to be the number one? Yeah, he has to be.
1: Uh, and I know that's probably not the, 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 best answer, the most polite answer, but I think that's the reality right now. Right. I, I I think we've seen, you know, and we don't have to go very far to, you know, talk about Jack Campbell and just how quickly, you know, the mental hurdles that goalies can face can really, really derail a game. And I'm not saying we're near that with Elias Samsonov. Not at all. I think the organization, I think Sheldon Keith does have faith in in Elias Samsonov that he can find his game again because, again, they have to, right? It's remarkably hard to find a new goalie. The Leafs, I mean, I guess you could... Martin Jones is, is, is still that option, right? But are you really going to... Like, what are you going to do? Are you really going to send you know, Samson up to the minors, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that really solves things. I think Joseph Wall is, is going to get a healthy run of games here. And I think he's going to get that because when you talk to people in the Leafs, when you talk to Sheldon Keith about Joseph Wall, the first thing they all talk about is how mentally he's got it locked down. And like, you know, you, you'd be hard pressed to, to find people that talk about goalies who, who don't say like most of the game is mental. He has the athleticism. He's played playoff games. Is his resume long? No, but you know, has he faced adversity already as a leaf? And has he come out? Like he's been asked, he's been thrown into playoff games as a Toronto Maple Leaf. That's a, that should be at the top of your resume. And he's come out the other end, essentially unscathed. Um, I think the organization thinks the world of him as a person and listen, he's battled through 2020. He was being written off it's by people like me. I got to be honest, by people like me mm. in 2020, is, I, I wrote, I don't know if Joseph Wall has a future as an NHL goalie after a really, really horrendous rookie AHL season. So the guy has battled through stuff and he's come out the other end. So I, I think the Leafs have faith in him. Again, does he have the longest CV? No. But mentally, he's he's a lock right now, and that's really that's that's probably the biggest factor for a goalie in Toronto.
0: Yeah, and the overall numbers this season have been good, despite the fact that he had his worst game of the season on Wednesday against the Sens. Josh, uh, always enjoy our chats. Enjoy Sweden, man.
1: Uh, I, I will. I, what do you want me to bring you back? You want some uh, some lingonberry?
0: You want four real points? That's what I need. Four. <laughs> points and them to never do this again that's what i need <laughs> bring me back the toronto maple leafs that they've stolen from me yeah, for a week josh uh, some furniture for me yeah
1: i think i'd have i think i'd have a better chance of just like sneaking an entire reindeer through <laughs> security on the way back all right go for that it's too been, been guaranteeing four points that's where i'm at right now
0: uh yeah fair enough uh thanks josh see ya yeah take care guys It's is josh cloak The Athletic Leafs reporter, he was our insider. Brought to you by Don Valley, North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online. And in the showroom, visit donvalleynorthlexus.com I had three ways I was going with that joke. I took two of them, so I'll just give you the third there. I was also going to say not John Klingberg. It's like, mm. bring me back the absence yeah. of him. It's That'd like, good. Uh, bring me back a picture of him yeah. in the house he now lives in <laughs> in Sweden. I don't want to belabor the point too much, although I guess I'm about to. I did pull up the list of all the teams that have played in these global series games, mm-hmm. and it is not that teams that expect to win have never gone. The Lightning went in 2019. The Avalanche have gone in 2017. The Oilers have gone in 2018. But for the most part, it's your Blackhawks. It's your Flyers. It's your Jets. It's your Predators. It's your Sharks. So... I'd be very curious and, you know, hearing, reading between the lines from Josh, uh, even if the organization was on board with this, I don't know that everybody in the organization is. And, you know, say what you will about need to grow the game or grow a fan base or whatever. I I can, as uh, much as I roll my eyes throughout it, I can understand all of that. But no one can sit here and tell me that this is a good thing and makes the Leafs 23-24 season easier. No one can tell me that. Dave and Barry says, boys, a lot of teams say that these, three, uh, these trips helped to bring the team together. It's also games away from the pressure cooker. I'm hopeful this is a point in the season we look back and say, that's when the cup run started. Again, that's Dave and Barry on the text line, so, 590-590. One thing I will, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in juju and stuff, and I, I'd be lying if I didn't, uh, you know, when the tragic passing of Borea Salming happened, if I was like, yeah, maybe, like, you know, mm. the ghost of Borea leading this team. and. I don't know. Maybe go over, get some Swedish magic. Matt Sundin pumps the boys up. I don't know. We're going to talk to a guy who played for Sundin next. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's as good a way to uh, maybe it's as good a way to turn things around. I I can't stand it. I will do my absolute best not mm. to complain about it for three hours every yeah. day next week. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just want to be on on record one more time. I hate it. Well, and again, Josh, who would know such things, being in close proximity to the team, says this is doesn't feel like a team that's necessarily gelled off the ice, which no. is surprising because I thought that was the whole, like, Ryan Reeves Not, thing was we was going to well. punch people in the face, but also lots of dinners, a lot of, lot of outside the, the confines of the National Hockey League rank uh, stuff, like getting together, bonding yep. it, that hasn't happened, apparently. Well, I think it's something – this is a much larger conversation and something born has kind of tabbed a lot is maybe that's a byproduct of their basically being two Leafs teams. There's the core team and the guys who come in every year uh, on one-year deals, and maybe they get to hang around, maybe they don't. I wonder if how much of it's a byproduct of that. Wouldn't know, not in the room, but, yeah, curious thing to wonder about for sure. Let's talk to a man who has been in the room before. It's been Gary so Roberts. Yeah, Gary Roberts, former lease forward, uh, currently working with the Seattle Kraken. He joins us next. So the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan
1: diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkers
0: Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Face-off. One by Toronto. Toronto scores! into the third overtime the faceoff in the zone Gary Roberts with the chance his first shot on goal in the game and his biggest shot of the night Fan Morning Show Sportsnet 590 the fan Ben Ennis Brent Gunning better times for the Toronto Maple Leafs yep I mean we all expect them to be in the playoffs this season right yeah for sure for sure. For sure, we expect that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do better than allowing the most goals in the Eastern Conference. I would figure. Good to, to yeah, accomplish that that, is, that goal. It's good a places I need to start if you're gonna start. Yep. You also have to come back from Sweden. They have to overcome that hurdle as well. Yeah, I know. God. Yeah, we're going to be sick about talking about Sweden for the next uh, two weeks. I'm going to make sure we all are. All right. Uh, Gary Roberts playing in the Hockey Hall of Fame Legends Classic this Sunday, November 12th, 3, uh, 3 p.m. Scotiabank Arena. It's Team Oates versus Team new He is, of course, on Team Dyke. It is Gary Roberts, former Leafs forward, currently sports science and performance consultant for the Seattle Kraken, who joins us online right now. How's it going, Gary?
2: I'm good, guys. How are you today?
0: Doing doing very well, you know. Let's start with this. You, you never had to travel overseas in the middle of a season. How difficult would you imagine that is? Where the Leafs get a bunch of time off before the games in Sweden next weekend, then they get a bunch of time afterwards. But that's that's a pretty big interruption of of a routine. And uh, yeah, we know something about professional athletes. They like the routine.
2: There's no doubt you love a routine. I think that's when we retire. We all miss the routine, right? That's uh, uh, kind, of, kind of you know the schedule you live your whole life, and then it gets interrupted. Of course, it's a it's a tough schedule. You understand, you're trying to you know introduce the game uh, worldwide and and let everybody uh, get as close to it as possible. But obviously, it's a tough situation when you're traveling during the season uh, across seas to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, teams don't like a California trip from out here, so uh, never mind uh, going across uh, another ocean there. You know, something we've been talking a lot about is uh, how loud this market can get. I mean, you you played in it, you know it. I mean, you've dealt with loud on on both sides of it. Uh, I'd imagine if you could just talk about your experiences playing in Toronto, and, and maybe more importantly, the idea of how much the media can weigh on players and how I imagine it affects different guys differently.
2: Well, it's funny, you know, I saw uh, an Instagram post yesterday of, uh, of Willie Styles uh, sitting <laughs> on the uh, TTC and, uh, uh, it's just like, it just kind of brought me back to, I used to live on uh young street in St. Edmunds drive, uh, in Lawrence park. And I used to walk to a Starbucks and, and, uh, get on the subway and go to the, go to the games. That's awesome. And, uh, used to love it. I used to just kind of make my deal. I was kind of like, like we just talked about a routine. I used to wake up, walk up, grab a Starbucks, get on the subway, go, go to the game. And, uh, it became part of my ritual and I, I enjoyed it. Never got bothered. Never. I don't think anybody ever took a picture of me <laughs> sitting on the, uh, sitting on the subway uh, going to the game. So it just reminds me of uh, the social media, uh, the, the pressures of being a Leaf. Of course, they're always, they've always been there, uh, More probably more so now than ever. Uh, one of the greatest cities in the, in the world to play hockey in. I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't change it for the world, the experiences I had as a Leaf. Um, but I can imagine just the pressure they're feeling when things aren't going their way um, it's obviously, you know, that pressure doubles, I'm sure. Mm-hmm.
0: What would you think of Willie's outfit? The, the big, comfy yeah, I was, jacket. I was thinking you might've been dressed maybe just a touch more subdued in your day, Gary.
2: I, I don't know if I'd have the running <laughs> shoes on with my suit, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a new day. Listen, I have teenage boys, so I go through it every day, but, uh, Definitely, the outfits have the outfits have definitely changed. Yeah, there's not just a brown yeah. suit and a gray suit and a black <laughs> suit anymore. No, things have things have changed. Um, you know, so hey, it is what it is. It's style, and uh, obviously, uh, it was just a uh, just a uh, you know reminder to me when I saw the post. Uh, and not that I'm on Instagram much. I'm on there for my for my company, and that's and that's about it. Or, or I'm taking my kids' phone away from them. One of the two, but uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah i got an eight-year-old so we're not quite in instagram uh land yet but yeah i'm i'm fearful of, of when that happens <laughs> oh,
2: yeah it's... the poor telephones and you know you know my <laughs> good old days of just a, a landline telephone i don't know guys <laughs> we're past that we're passing out i'm an old guy right i'm 57 with a. Uh, mm-hmm. With a 13-year-old daughter in the house, so oh yeah, God. so we're, yeah, so I'm oh, still in God. it. I'm still it's in hot. the deep end Good luck, it.
0: I think, is yeah. all we say there. Yeah, good luck.
2: When I'm oh. not in the gym, I'm a professional yeah. Uber driver. That's what I do. I 13, 13, 14, 17-year-old. Yeah.
0: Oh. Again, Yeah, mm-hmm. listen, we're not quite as old, but I, I feel like we're old souls here. We we love, yeah, yeah, we love reminiscing about the old days. Um. So this Leafs team, they've had trouble keeping the puck out of their own net, and part of that is personnel, but part of that, like you, you do, wonder how much of it is coachable. Like I, I guess at a certain point, you are what you are. But you're a guy that got selkie votes. How much of team defense is is coachable as opposed to personnel? Well,
2: I think it's it's twofold for sure. I mean, it's it's no secret. I mean, what have they said for a thousand years? You know, and you know, good defense wins championships. I mean, it's 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 just it is what it is. Uh, you've got to want to you got to want to be good in your own end, and you've got to maybe sacrifice a little bit of uh, opportunities offensively. I would argue that the better you play in your own end, it used to be kind of my mission as a, as a winger uh, to be really good in my own end, to be counted on late in games, late in periods. You wanted to play in those situations, so in order to play in those situations, you had to play good defensively, and, and I would argue you, you get more offense from playing well uh, in your own end. And, yeah, you might not get, you know, the the odd man rush because someone fell down or you cheated on the offensive side of the puck as often. But over time, playing well defensively only leads to, to more opportunities in the offensive zone.
0: You know, we, we played the clip of it coming back, your your game seven overtime win. I mean, so much of the, the Leafs runs, and this isn't just those Leafs teams, this is any team that goes on runs, is, you know, it's, it's doing it without players that you would expect to be in the lineup. I mean, be it Matt's hurt or other guys who are out of it. You know, we've talked a lot about here about how it's kind of counterintuitive, but when this Leafs team has been more banged up in the past, they've kind of played a little tighter defensively. Is, is there something to an element that when you're missing one or two or three kind of crucial pieces of your team that the whole group does just kind of feel like you have to lock in. Cause I mean, again, I, I go back to those leaf runs and you know, many great moments from it, but uh, you know, unfortunately we, we think back specifically to Matt's being hurt for, for part of it and you guys were able to, to kind of rise to the occasion or at least that's, that's what the, uh, the memory tells.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I would say it's, I mean, it's easy to look at a guy like Matthew as well. He's just going to score a couple every night. We're going to have a chance to win so we can relax a little bit defensively. I mean, it's easy to rely on your stars. I mean, you look around the league and, and you see it everywhere. Um, you see Edmonton struggling with it as well. Uh, Toronto um, trying to keep pucks out of the net. It is, I would say it, it's a, just a tough league. I don't think people you know, really give the, the players maybe the credit at times that they deserve. It is a tough league to play in. Uh, the parity, I would say, is as great as it's ever been. And uh, And you've got to play your best each and every night, or you risk losing the game. There's no game that you go into that you can play average in the National Hockey League and win anymore. Mm. Uh, the, I would just say that's that's how I feel. I think the game is the the players, the game, the speed. Um, if you don't have your A game, uh, it's, it's tough to win hockey games in the National Hockey League.
0: Yeah, and if you're not at your peak physical um, situation, yeah, that can inhibit you, which you never experienced. you Your Mr. Fitness never had... Uh, an incorrect carb in your entire life. And, and, and I'm sure <laughs> the, the, the the Maple uh, Leafs, yeah, nah, listen, you can fight like We don't all know break it's the true. Myth. Just no. let us live in it. Uh, have you ever had okay, ice cream? Come on, just oh admit my. it. You've never had it. I, I've had, I, yeah, you guys have known
2: me well. I'd be lying if I didn't say <laughs> I I do like sugar. I know sugar I always <laughs> tell my clients. Sugar's the enemy. Sugar's the enemy. But but I do eat. I do eat uh coconut ice cream. You know, I don't ah, eat dairy. So okay, so go. I do. I do. I still have my ice cream, <laughs> but it's still. It's still. I call it healthy ice cream. So that makes me. That makes me feel a lot better about it. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, Gary, uh, I'll, I'll be eating a chocolate bar every day until all of the Halloween candy is gone. So, so never. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, so yeah. forever. Well, yeah. I've been I've been trying to figure out how to get in shape in five days of the Hockey Hall of Fame game. That's what I've been trying to figure out. Uh, so, I think I, I think
0: you'll be fine. I think you're going to be probably <laughs> at, better at the, off than 95% was gonna say, of those guys. I was going to say, if you're at all worried about the shape, I think uh, no shots meant, but shots meant. Uh, at least in that game, you'll be looking like you're in incredible shape, I yeah. think, Gary.
2: Well, Newanday called me Says, how much have you been skating? I said, well, I said... I tore my <laughs> bicep in January. I tore my quad in August. So I said, oh I've God. skated three times. I've skated three times since January 19th. So he said, okay, I feel a lot better. Hold now.
0: on. <laughs> How are you tearing your quad if you're not playing hockey? Like, that's just from working out? Yeah, box jumps. Yeah, I had a, I had a yeah, little, little minor.
2: I was working out with a buddy of mine who's. You know, 43 and still really likes to lift weights. And uh, I decided to, you know, I decided to yeah, tear my vastus lateralis uh, front squatting one day. So uh, I am now uh, realizing that the dream's over. I'm not coming back to play anytime soon. And I can uh, I can stick to just some kettlebells and some dumbbells. Don't necessarily need to squat so heavy anymore. Take
0: some of my own advice, maybe. Mm. Yeah, you know what? That, that's why I don't. You know, do it. I was gonna say I also am gonna now stop squatting heavy, Gary. Thank you for that. You've given me that that license in life. Thank you. Uh, the reason yeah. I brought it up, though, uh, was that. Both Matthews and Marner are playing some extended minutes here. We played a clip from PK Subban, who was pretty critical about the the number of minutes that the, they are playing this season, averaging over 21 and a half minutes per game. It is pretty early on in the season. The Leafs have also been chasing some games and they also played fewer than 20 minutes uh, on Wednesday. So maybe it is trending down, but like is there a cumulative effect of playing a bunch of minutes early in the season throughout the course of the regular season, when you get to the post season, like, does, does, does that impact you even if you don't understand in the moment, but like looking back you're like, man, if only I hadn't been asked to do so much physically over the course of a regular season, I might've been in different shape come the post season.
2: Well, I think that's what your summers are for. Aren't they? I think your summers are to get in the best shape you can. So you can withstand some of that stuff. I mean, Hey, listen, uh, the stars in the game are going to play 20 minutes a night. Um, would I argue that, uh, you know, 22, 23, 21 on a nightly basis, um, is hard for sure. I'm not speaking of Matthews and Marner. I'm speaking in general of the Mm -hmm. stars that play in the league. Um, but then it's really tough. It's tough over the course of the year. If you don't include other players in the, in the game plan and, uh, if you've got guys sitting on the bench playing seven, eight minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes, um, and, yeah, they might be fourth-line guys, but you've got to be able to give those guys an opportunity to have an impact on the game. And if your third and fourth line don't have any impact on the game, it puts even more pressure on those guys that are playing 21, 22 minutes. Things don't start going your way. You get in a heap of trouble uh, pretty pretty early in the season. It is a long year. That's why, you know, we, you know, what I preach each and every day to, to our prospects, to our the NHL guys in Seattle, um, what you do away from the rink and after games are as important as what you do on the ice. And, uh, and you know, the dog days of the winter, if you're not training right, and eating right, and living right, uh, January, February, it becomes some pretty hard months on the body. Uh, so... Uh, As a professional athlete nowadays, with the speed of the game and the travel and the stresses around the game, um, there's a lot more to it than just playing the game.
0: Yeah, there there certainly is. Uh, you're pros for a reason, right? And it's not just the uh, the love of the game. That's obviously a big part of it, but it's a it's a job. You know, one thing we that's been talked about a lot, and it's just kind of uh, you know it's been an evolving thing throughout the course of the the history of the game and the way the game's played today is you know team toughness. Still, I won't say just as important, but still really important part of the game. But I think it it looks a little different than obviously it did in your day. I mean, we think back to the Leafs teams you played on. We think back to those Flames teams, and they didn't take much guff, if any, from from anyone. You know, how hard is it to imprint that on a team? And is it something that can kind of slowly be built up organically? Because, again, that's such a conversation we've been having, I mean, quite honestly, since your era of Leafs hockey, of how can you get that kind of Tucker, Roberts feel back? And it's not necessarily about fighting, but it's about standing up for each other. And, you know, it's all the stuff you've heard your whole life. What do you make of kind of toughness in in the game today? And how hard is it for a team to kind of grow that organically if maybe it doesn't come supernaturally? to them
2: well yeah well that is i mean that is <laughs> hey that's uh, the puzzle right there it's it's the culture it's uh developing the culture within your room um i'm not going to speak of any any team pick in, uh, in particular it's not really fair for me to do that i'm not in the dressing rooms and as a player you know what's said in the rooms Always, in my eyes has always stayed in the room so I don't know what goes on inside the dressing rooms, but I know when you watch a team play and you see the culture, um, and you look at the Bruins, you know, I don't know um, a team really that has been, you know, you look at them, look at Vegas, look, look at the look how consistent those teams have been over the last few years. I mean, Boston always seems to be in it. So for me, their culture has to be good. You know, when you become a Bruin, something happens inside that dressing room that says, this is the way we play here. You know, this is the way the Boston Bruins play. And they've been able to be a pretty darn successful team for a long time that I can remember. Yeah. So obviously the players inside that room are the players that develop that culture. Mm. And and the culture of sticking up for each other and competing. It, is, it isn't fighting anymore, guys. It is yes, it's part of the game for sure and, and I and I believe it needs to be part of the game. I really do. Um but it's about being competitive. You know, you hear everybody talk about it every day. Gee, I just wish he would compete harder. You know, I just I wish he, I wish this player would, you know, play harder. Would come up with more fifty-fifty pucks. Like all this stuff about competing. It's not fighting. It's just the willing, the will to compete each and every shift uh, to keep the puck underneath it, and to the and to develop that culture that everybody strives to develop inside the room. They're just playing for each other, and uh, and the teams that I've been part of that have been winning teams, not necessarily won a cup, but winning teams. They played as a a unit and they they, they stood up for each other and they competed their asses off each each and every shift. And that's what really, you know, know, defines you as a team, whether you're going to win or lose. So, yeah, it's more than just knowing when you look at the stars in the game. Are they winning games for their teams? It's tough as a star in the NHL to win a game by yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. Like basketball, you can still have a guy that can, you know, score 50 points and win a game for you uh hockey i would argue it's different I would, you need your line mates mm-hmm. you need your teammates to win in the game of hockey that's why i believe it's the, the toughest game in the world to play
0: yeah that is certainly not happening for the maple leafs right now there's just no debate about it uh happening this weekend the hockey hall of fame legends classic sunday 3 p.m Scotiabank bank arena team Oates versus team new and gary roberts He's fully healthy. He's good to go. He's been skating every day, getting ready for this thing. <laughs> Team Neuendijk. Uh I like you for a goal, Gary. Yeah. I got a good feeling. Uh, <laughs> okay,
2: well, I'll, I'll hang around the blue point, blue paint
0: and see if someone can shoot one in off me. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Gary. All right. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, you too. Gary Roberts, former Leafs forward, sports science and performance consultant for the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, does that uh, sound like the Toronto Maple Leafs the last like nearer decade? Nope, it was very nice of him to uh, make the comment off the top of this isn't about anyone and then immediately pointing to the team we all point to when we wish the Leafs were more like them. The Boston Bruins. Yeah. It is. It's, I mean, how can you argue with with anything he had to say there? Do you, you, you go, I mean, go back. Those Leafs teams are, and I know people from outside, who cares about people from outside the market, but they roll their eyes about, oh, those Leafs teams. Yeah, those Leafs teams are revered. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, it's because they went to a conference final. It's because they made actual progress in the playoffs, but it's the way they did it. It's the black eye. It's crazy Tucker screaming at the bench. It is, you know, popping in seven past Laleem, it's Sundin, it's everything. And you just, you haven't had those moments, but it also has never looked like that for, for this group. So, yeah, I thought that was awesome. Great job by Boff getting a scary Roberts. That was cool. I love yeah, that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He's uh, in great physical condition, uh, despite the injuries, I guess. Well, suffering. hold on, though. What? Are we in better condition? When was the last time you tore your calf? That's a great, great point. I, I mean, I have broken my ankle, but that was many years ago. Yeah, and I broke a shoulder blade, but that was like five years ago. Yeah, okay, so yeah, we're in better shape than, uh, than Gary Roberts. Don't tell him that. Uh, he's 57 years old. <laughs> uh, okay, Mike in a says, and this is directed to Y'all, you, I okay, imagine. Trent, yeah. sure. right? yeah, i like, not wrong. Yeah, no, it's definitely directed at me. You'll never do your best not to complain. Complaining to you is what breathing is like <laughs> for the rest of us. Shrug emoji. Shrug emoji. I got to be honest, I don't know that shrug is the emoji I would have gone with there. I feel like that's an angry face emoji or, let's be honest, a particular finger uh, directed mm. at me feels like that. Oh, have you seen the uh, – man, I, I may have to make a purchase in this regard. And and, and it showed up for me on Instagram. Have you ever made a – one, have you ever made a purchase on Instagram? But two, have you seen this thing on where it's instead of giving the oh, finger, it's the like the, the illuminated – a hand at the yes. back of your car instead yeah. of hitting, like giving someone the yeah. middle finger. It's literally remote this. control operated. I have seen this digital middle yeah. finger. I actually think I'm just going to get one in here to flash at you. <laughs> just, I'm going to put it on the back of my computer, and when I don't like a take, just boop, give you that. Uh, although I want, there's something very cathartic about the process of physically you know giving someone the finger. I have always, I want to talk about a gripe. You just stumbled upon one of mine. Uh-huh. Not the finger, but. I know I'm going to sound 8,000 years old here right yeah, now. too late. Whatever happened to giving a little wave, a courtesy wave, when someone lets oh. you in? I feel like these are dead in society. Do mm. we not live in a country anymore, people? If uh, I let you in, yeah. give me a little. Uh-huh. That's all I need. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you, am I wrong? Am no, I no, off base? No, no, do you feel no, like we get this no, anymore? No, no I'm, I'm still a big waver. I think we do have a lot of the yep. same driving sensibilities. observation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was. <laughs> we have a lot of the same driving sensibilities, having been in the car, you know, for like Too four much. combined yeah. hours this week. <laughs> You're driving to and from Leaf Games. But I'm with you. Okay. Give a courtesy wave. So, uh, also, Zipper Merge. Sorry, yeah, sorry to Mike that you read his text uh, complaining about my complaining, and all that did was lead to me complaining some more. So yeah. have a good weekend, everybody. Yeah, have a great weekend. Uh, tune in on Monday for more complaining. This has been the Fan Morning Show. Ben Adams, on Connick, Sportsnet 5, out of the Fan. Good, good morning. morning.